Welcome to episode number 102 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we go over with all the big bets, all the big news, all the big happenings in this crazy, crazy gambling industry that we are in. Guys, stick around. We will talk UFC 249 with Matt Simo, a.k.a. Vegas Matty. You've probably seen him on Twitter if you are into any of the football contests that happen here in Las Vegas. We are uh, have a nice little, you know, 20, 25 minute conversation about that card, some of the bets that he's making, some of the bets that went down for him as well. But Brett, here we are. We are heading into the weekend. This is Friday morning. We're recording this, but we are heading into the weekend with a real sporting event going down on Saturday. Yes, and it's a sporting event that I really have no idea about, but I'm going to get some action down on it anyway because sports sports I, I guess are back, man. I'm 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 excited about this and I really have I don't know anything about UFC. So well, thankfully we have we have you and uh and Vegas Maddie t- talking about it so I can I, I can learn a little something today. So, let's uh the other big thing that happened this week is the NFL released their schedule. And with that, we are looking at teams going in and everybody thinks that their team is going to do well now because everyone looks at the, at their schedule, at their team schedule with the rosiest of colored glasses on. And so, you know, your bills, I might add, Brett, your bills play on Monday night football twice over four weeks, a four week span where you are going to be able to sit down on Monday night and watch your Buffalo Bills play American football. For 20 years, we've been bitching about the lack of primetime games, and now we finally have it. The Bills actually changed their Twitter handle to Primetime Bills last night. That's how <laughs> excited everyone here is right now. Uh, do we know that fans are going to be allowed to watch these games in attendance? No, but even no. still, at this point, you know, we'll take it. We're... we're, we're we're good again, I, I hope. So finally, we get some national spotlight. Uh, and it's, and it's much, much deserved. I mean, we, we made the playoffs last year. I feel like we're, we're in a position to finally take over the AFC East this year. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting times. Let's, I mean, you, you mentioned that, and so it's, it's probably worth us, you know, I mean, uh, it's worth us talking about. I mean, like, look, there is... There is definitely a chance that these games are not going to be happening in front of people, which is unfortunate. And also, I mean, hell, we should go ahead and mention it since we're going ahead and talking about it. Really unfortunate for me because the uh, the Saints actually are going to be on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders week two for Monday Night Football. Ah. And uh, I know what a bad beat that is because my team comes to Vegas for a Monday night football game. And most likely I'm going to be watching from my couch. Yeah. You know, later in the year, obviously you would have a much higher chance of actually being able to go to that game uh, early season. I would put it at less than 50, 50. That's yeah. That's rough. You and me both, you and me both. It, you know, it is what it is. And I'm, you know, I understand I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just think it's such an incredibly bad beat here the jets go to the dolphins they get a bye week and then they get the dolphins again so um two dolphins games in three weeks for the jets how do you feel about that 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, some of these, some of these schedules are, are just with the Jets and the and the Dolphins. Um, it it really, I mean, when when is Tua going to be on the field? Like that's I want to see Tua play. Right. I mean, as much as I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, I want to see what Tua is because we. Well, I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what he is. They definitely think it's going to be by week thirteen. Yes. Because our schedule makers went out and they put together the Bengals and the Dolphins in week 13. Yes, they are going after the Burrow versus Tua matchup. No doubt about it. And they put it late in the season because certainly, Brett, they are hoping by week 13 that the Dolphins have turned to Tua. As long as they are both healthy, Burrow and I mean, we, we imagine Burrow is going to be starting week one. But as long as Tua is healthy by week 13, you have to think. That will be the matchup, Burrow versus Tua, and that'll be that'll actually be a Bengals and Dolphins game that that people are going to want to pay attention to. Of course, as soon as the schedule comes out, you know who's playing in Week One. So it took all of about fifteen minutes for Week One odds to hit at the sports books, not only here in Las Vegas but on the East Coast and everywhere else. Uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, PointsBet, they were all hitting their stride with putting up. These week one odds, Brett, one of the things that jumps out to me, the very first game of the season, the Texans will travel to the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, where the Chiefs are currently, as we sit taping this at on DraftKings, 10-point favorites <laughs> over the Texans in the first game of the season. That is a playoff team. Look, the Texans are going to be, uh, they're going to have a different look this year. They did some strange things in the offseason. Strange would that be is a, putting it nicely. Strange. That yes. is a big line. A 10-point line for a team that made the playoffs last year. 55 and a half has been hung as the early total in that one. Some other games of note, those Dolphins that we certainly think in week one is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick-led go on the road to the Patriots. But as seven-point dogs, I mean, is there... Is there something that these bookmakers are, what am I missing here, Brett, more than anything? Are they just worried that the Patriots were just going to grab so much money that they didn't want to make the line any lower and then have that liability or something? But, I mean, this Patriots team is is pretty much in rebuild mode to be a full touchdown favorite over a Dolphins team that, yes, still has a long, long, long way to go, but put a lot more talent on the field next year. Yeah, and we know who has the better quarterback in this matchup as of right now. Jarrett Stidham is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots right now, and they are seven-point favorites against a pro football team? That's surprising. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's high. How, okay, so how are you looking at this in terms of like home field advantage? And we can get into that a little bit later, but at first, at first look here, how are you examining these lines? Are you adjusting them for the fact that there might not be fans in attendance? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit as when we circle back to the schedule here. So let's talk about, you know, the impact really of these lines and what the coronavirus and and everything has on these odds. And I, I, yeah, I'm with you here. I believe that the home field advantage is still at least a little bit there because the teams do have to travel, right? I mean, there is that element of travel that is going to be involved and likely we can only imagine in week one of the NFL season that there's probably going to be a little bit of a headache involved with travel as well. I mean, at least, at least a little bit more nonsense than they're used to having to deal with. But um, I don't know, man, look at these lines. It doesn't seem to me like they're really, 
out of whack here other than, you know, again, I, I don't get the, I don't get the Patriots. I mean, maybe there's home field advantage baked into that or something. I, I don't know, but uh, most of these lines seem fairly okay to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really unprecedented territory for odds makers. Just figuring out if there is that much of an impact because at this point we don't know if there's going to be fans in attendance. So how, how are odds makers dealing with this is, is a big question. We talked to a couple of them this week and basically they said, I mean, for, for, for a sport like the UFC, which we'll talk about and NASCAR, they're not adjusting lines because they don't see an impact of, of fans and attendance changing anything. But first for team sports that they're starting to look at like Bundesliga over in Germany. I mean, they're, they're, there is an impact there. All you have to look, all you have to do is look at the the home away splits and consider the factors like the home crowd and officiating and, and the NBA and, and obviously the NFL too. I mean, there are, there are reasons to give a home team advantage in, in the odds. So how much is the question? Uh, we talked to Nick Bogdanovich over at William Hill. He said, you know, for an NBA game, typically a line is going to move three to six points, depending on home home court advantage without fans you could take two to four points off that. So how much is it worth in the NFL is a question that if you want to bet on these week one lines, you've got to figure out. And it's just, there's just so much uncertainty right now. One of the things we did see in these week one lines is the Tom Brady effect. The Bucks opened as six and a half point dogs on the road at the Saints. Brett, within two hours, we are looking and it's, it's still sitting the same now, but within two hours, Saints minus four as opposed to minus six and a half, a two and a half point movement on that. Um, lots of people thinking that Tom Brady is going to be able to do big things with this Bucks team. And listen, yes, they are improved. And yes, they are going to be much better than they were last year. But holy mackerel, I did not know the fans were going to be coming out of the woodworks to support Tom Brady on May the 8th. It's crazy. This this is absolutely crazy. Like, didn't you think six and a half was pretty fair as, as an opener? It's still, honestly, and and it's still five and a half at Fanduel. We should add, like, it's still it's still five and a half at Fanduel, but it is sitting at four currently at, at over at DraftKings. So they they went and they put their money up, and it's going to sit for months, backing Tom Brady here in Week One against this Saints team. That is, uh, here's the other reason. Even if you did want to back. Brady and this Bucks team. And I think that they will get better over the course of the year. There's no doubt about that. I mean, listen, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady rah-rah guy. Y'all all know that. If you've listened to this podcast, I'm actually kind of a little bit of a Patriots hater when it all comes down to it. But I mean, look, veteran leadership here, he's going to teach these guys certainly how to go about this the right way. And, and that's probably going to equal some wins on the field. But you know, this is one of the things that we have to think about as well, Brett. You're talking about no fans and how that could that, you know, how could that impact games? The other thing is, how about these teams where there is a massive makeover of the roster yeah. and the fact that there's not going to be nearly as many mini camps, there's not going to be nearly as much um, preseason, there's not going to be nearly as many chance for these guys to get together on a football field and get chemistry and get camaraderie and understand each other. Now, that will come throughout the course of the season. But a team like the Bucks that is pretty much going to be brand new. I mean, when you're talking about adding Brady and adding Gronk and all the things like that, I mean, against a team like the Saints, where they're pretty much just plug and play the team from last year, 
Um, yes, the answer was is a resounding. Yeah, I thought six and a half was fair. And at four, I wish I had access to a DraftKings sportsbook because at four, <laughs> I would certainly play that right now. That's see, I'm hesitant to to put any money down on any week one games right now because there's just I don't know what what these stadiums are going to look like. But that's the one game where I'm like, all right, if if I'm placing a bet, it's going to be on that game because I'm 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 fading everything bucks right now. Public money is moving week one lines, moving win totals, division odds, Super Bowl odds. I already have some Falcons division futures on my account. I'm tempted to even get Saints division futures too. Even though that right. reduces my overall potential profit, I just want to shorten the bucks as much as I can in various ways this season because of all the public money coming in on them. It's just strictly like blindly fading the bucks for a market play. Some of the other interesting lines from week one, the Colts led by Phillip Rivers, uh, seven point favorites on the road at the Jaguars. The Jaguars uh, went ahead and signed. Brett, I think this is pretty telling here. They went ahead and signed Mike Glennon as the backup there for Jacksonville. So if we were wondering if they were going to tank for Trevor or tank for Fields, I think that the writing is on the wall here that the Jaguars are not going to try to win games this year. Yeah, Mike Glennon, when you've got a Cam Newton still out there, they're not yes. even going to bother. Like, yeah, this is uh, you're right. This is uh, pretty telling. And so uh, I saw that when that one kind of jumped off the page. The other one, if you're wondering how uh, the Ravens stack up in week one, they are going to play the Browns at home. They're actually eight point favorites over the Browns at home here. And Brett, this was the other one I wanted to talk to you about before we moved on. This was kind of the only other one that stood stood out to me. And yes, I understand that the Ravens are are going to be a good team. However, we do have a year of tape on this team. Now we do also understand that, you know, when forced to pass, to win a game, there are still question marks about whether Lamar Jackson is going to be able to do that. And you would have to think the train wreck that was the Browns last year has to at least be a little bit better heading into this season here more than a touchdown here was pretty interesting to me yeah that seems high to me look the, bl- the blueprint on the ravens is out for everyone to see now i mean they kind of they surprise not that they surprised everybody last year but they came out and just bowled over teams uh during the regular season because they could they brought out three tight ends and just let lamar go they're not gonna be able to do that this year i mean the team especially teams in that division have, have kind of rebuilt to stop Lamar and that's going to be how they come after the Ravens this year. So it's going to be different. Uh, and I think you can handicap for that. And, and this, yeah, this feels a little high considering the Browns have a new coaching staff. They still have all this talent coming back. I think it's a good buy low spot on the Browns going into week one. The other Super Bowl team, the San Francisco 49ers eight and a half point home favorites over the Arizona Cardinals in week one Sunday night football. We'll have the Cowboys traveling on the road over to the Rams to play in that new stadium over there. Cowboys two and a half point favorites as the Rams open up their new digs over there in LA. The back to the uh, double header on Monday night football Steelers and Giants Titans and Broncos Steelers three point favorites on the road at the Giants and the Titans are actually one and a half point dogs on the road at the Broncos in week one. Of course, the Titans making that big playoff run last year, finishing so incredibly strong and the Broncos coming nowhere near the playoffs, Brett. But I I think that 
there, the sentiment here amongst a lot of smart people is that the Broncos are going to take a pretty big leap this year. Yeah, and I, I am fully on board with that. They did a lot of good things to address the offensive woes they had last year, and you've got Fangio running that defense. I, I think they're in end position to make the playoffs this year. I really like Denver, and you know, I the Titans looked great in the second half of last year, but I still think this is like an eight nine win team in a bad division that just kind of ran hot during the playoffs. I don't see them getting back to where they got last year. Warren Sharp, I'm sure you've heard the name, very smart football guy has his site over there. And basically what he did this year is he predicted what the the strength of schedule based off of the Vegas win totals. So basically looking at this and not just kind of eyeballing it and saying like, oh, this team's going to be good and this team's going to be good. So this is how the schedule breaks down. No, he took the win totals projected for each team based off of the Las Vegas odds and then made a strength of schedule based off of that. The Colts come with the easiest schedule based off of Vegas forecasted wins for their opponents this year. The Falcons with the toughest schedule, probably not not a shocker there when you look at that division that the Falcons play in to begin with. Some of the other tough schedules that are out there, Giants, Jets, Raiders, Broncos, and Panthers. Some of the easier schedules, again, this is based off of forecasted wins uh, for the 2020 season. Some of the easier schedules out there, we mentioned the Colts, Titans, Browns, Ravens, Chargers, and Bears. Yeah, and the strength of schedule measurement by these projected win totals is a pretty strong indicator going into the season. If you're looking for value on like win totals or divisions, uh, I saw yesterday a lot of people using last year's win percentages as a measuring tool. Definitely don't do that. Like that is just not predictive enough. Uh, I, I like these projections to go by. So that um, was it. Sharp football stats. I think is where you can find uh, those uh, from Warren Sharp. You can get a good idea of how a team might perform above or below expectation by looking at all this data. Um, so I, I think that's a, you know, especially if you're betting on win totals, I think that's a, a really good place to start. And let's, uh, you know, let's, let's bring this up because we should. But, you know, yeah, the schedule's out. And these are all, I would say, probably, if you're being honest, there's, a, there's an asterisk by every one of these games. And that is because... We are just assuming that things are going to go as planned here, Brett. But, you know, listen, we could be looking at a 15-game season, a 14-game mm-hmm. season, maybe even a 12-game season when it's all said and done here. So while we do have these schedules and we've done the work and we've broken down things and we've done all these other things, I will say that this is, there's still a lot of time between, between May and September. And that's kind of why I'm I'm sitting back, especially with the week one lines, because I we just don't know what it's going to look like. So I mean, I'm. Are you? What are you doing? I know you like to get early on some of these on some of these odds and lines. What? How are you attacking, especially like early in the season? Man, I think I'm really honest to God. I think this is going to be the first year that I sit back and and really just just wait until things get going um to try to figure out i mean i don't know what the i don't know what the normalcy is going to be like for the league i don't know whatever and and as we mentioned i think that there's a lot of smart handicappers out there and smart people handicapping this game i god i can't believe i referred to myself i'm not a handicapper by the way (laughs) jesus christ i can't believe i said that there's a lot of smart betters out there that i think that depending on how things play out we mentioned the preseason just a little bit earlier 
how these mini camps play out and how the preseason kind of goes and how that flows, I think a lot of smart people, Brett, you and and I specifically are, are going to be preaching this, I imagine a ton, is at the very least early in the season, looking to these veteran teams that have played together a lot, like that have some a lot of cohesion and whatnot. Because if you're talking about major moving parts in the offseason, and they're not really being an offseason for you to 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 well oil your machine. I'm going to be leaning to a lot of these teams. I mentioned the Saints earlier, a team that basically is just kind of plug and play in the entire lineup from from last season. Some of these teams that have been together for, you know, two, three years, stuff like that are going to be teams that I'm going to be betting very, very heavily on. And I'm certainly going to be fading a lot of these teams that made a ton of shuffles in the offseason until we get like a little bit into the season where there's, you know, might be a little bit more cohesion. Well, how do you feel about Phillip Rivers and the Colts? Guys, I mean, that that's one team that, I mean, just looking at the schedule here, they have apparently the easiest schedule going into the season, but you've got a new quarterback coming in. And, uh, I mean, he, he he's going to be running the ship. And he has, he's, how much time is he going to have with the, with his new team? That's, I mean, it's very true. And I guess that leads, this is a very, that's a very good segue <laughs> here um, into this. So they, obviously with everything being out, they've gone ahead and listed the NFL MVP odds that are out there. We made a video that is posted over on the lines, is posted on our YouTube page as well. So we won't go into everything ad nauseum. You can watch the video if you want to, but I did want to mention one bet that I made and it was, you know, a couple of things played into it. It was, uh, the odds, and then also I think the scenario, and I, this was before the schedule was even released here, Brett, but here we go. Colts with at least the projected easiest schedule according to the sh- to sharp football analysis over there. Phillip Rivers, a guy that may or may not be washed. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that this guy has a ton left in the tank, but what we do know, there's a ton of weapons there. He's got Pittman. He's got Hilton. He's They brought in Burton. They brought in Taylor. I mean, there is – and Paris Campbell is going to play slot. There's a lot of weapons, a very good offensive line for this Colts team. And I was digging around over at BetMGM, 80-1, to 1, Brett, 80-1 to 1 on Phillip Rivers being the National Football League MVP. I mean, you're talking the odds at FanDuel if I wanted it was 44 to 1. The the odds over at DraftKings if I wanted it was 60 to 1. 80 to 1 at BetMGM that he ends up at the end of the year. Um I always t- we always talk about this when we talk about you know some of these bets that we make is is there a realistic path to this happening? We don't want to make bets that we're just throwing money away. But I think when you look at this there's a very realistic path to this happening. Look at the division they play in. Could they win that division? Very, very easily. That gets them into the playoffs. Could by that time this team be one of the craziest good offensive teams in all of the NFL? I think with the weapons around and that offensive line, so long as the the health and the arm of Phillip Rivers isn't completely shot, I think that that is also a very real scenario as well. I think he could put up some really big numbers this year and at 80 to one, I thought it was worth a shot at Phillip Rivers for MVP. Yeah. And I think the narrative with voters, if they, if they do land the number one seed somehow and Rivers has a great season, I think voters will rally behind him uh, for a guy who's never won the MVP award before, who's never won a Super Bowl before uh, and could be playing in one of his last few seasons. I mean, I, I, can, I can totally see a path for, for Phillip Rivers to get there. And this is a good, 
good lesson for new betters too, because if you go out and price shop, you can find prices like this. I mean, he, he's still 80 to one at MGM right now. I can't believe that he's 32 to one at FanDuel. So, I mean, oh, the, so that there, is like, that has changed in the last 40. I made that video 48 hours ago. Yeah. He's now 32 to one at FanDuel. So, uh, go out and then price shop wow. because there are, there are some big discrepancies out there right now. Wow. I made that video 48 hours ago. It has moved from 44 to 32. That is uh that is nuts. All right. So there you go. Still 80 to one out there. And Brett can attest because I sent him the screenshot. That bet is in the account. That, that bet, that bet is in the account. So, uh, you know, if, if it comes down to it, at least maybe we'll have a sweat towards the end of the season here on the old, on the old Phillip rivers. Now, Brett, you are not the biggest fan of the KBO, but it is sweeping <laughs> the nation right now. I mean, it is the only thing uh, we've had to bet on. We, we will have the UFC. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we will have the UFC, but it was the only thing we've had to bet on. ESPN made a deal. So they were broadcasting the games. Now for me, it's just late when these things start for you, it's the middle of the night. So I can't imagine no. that you've been able to take in any of the action. I mean, the, Things start at like 10, 11, 11, 30 o'clock, uh, you know, PM my time over here. So we're talking literally middle of the night for you over there. I have taken in a few nights so far of, of the Korean baseball organization. And I will say this guys. Yes, it is not major league baseball, but we go to minor league baseball games, right? Like we go and we understand what we're getting. We're getting a handful of guys that may or may not one day be able to play at the, at the ultimate level. And then outside of that, you just get some guys that are still really good at what they do. They're just not elite. And I think that's what you get with the KBO, right? I mean, you get this handful of guys that, you know, may or may not end up over in the majors or the a few guys that have played in the majors that are now actually over in the KBO. And look, I'll admit, I've gotten entertained. Maybe I'm just sports starved. Maybe I'm just craving something. And that's why I probably would enjoy it much more if I wasn't up at one o'clock in the morning watching the games or whatever. But uh, it's been all right. And again, it's something to bet on. Yeah. And you have been betting on it, too, haven't you? I have been betting. Listen, guys, I'm up a whopping after last night. I'm up a whopping $87 betting KBO. So I'm a winning KBO better. I'd like to I'd like to add. I can't. Yeah. Part of it is just that it's on so late. I, I, I actually can't. Well, I can't watch these games. So I, I don't have the connection there. And yeah, I recognize some of the names here on these teams, but it, it's it's one of the things where I, I didn't care about the KBO before. I just I don't I just don't care about it right now either. I'm, I'm just trying to prepare for the return of Major League Baseball. Hopefully we get that here pretty soon. So with all of this, we do have at least Major League Baseball trying to figure out how to get going here. Now, Brett, this is we should preface this by saying everything we talk about with all of these organizations moving forward, everything is rumor, speculation. It is running rampant out there on the Twitter machine. So we're we're basically just kind of throwing out what we've heard as the latest, but we can't really say any of this stuff has holds any water whatsoever because we don't really know. Well, no, it's changing by the hour too, depending on who's reporting it and then who's, you know, 
I, I mean, it's you're seeing different reports from different people, and then you know we're seeing other guys say that report's wrong. So we don't we don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know there is a return to play proposal expected to go to the players' union next week, and there is a path to a mid-June spring training and an early July start to a Major League Baseball season. That, we do know, is a possibility. So, again, that could change by the time you finish this podcast. I, I don't know. We, there may, the proposal might be in the hands of the Players' Union by the time we finish this podcast. But, um, there, yeah, it, ho- we're hoping that there will be something here by July, whether, that, whether it takes place at home stadiums or you know, in Arizona or Florida, we don't know, but hopefully they figure something out here in the next month or so. As far as basketball goes, I mean, we know Adam Silver has, is at least if you read, if you listen to the reports, what seems to be the most likely scenario, or at least what they've been trying to do, and at least what it seems like what they want to do is to find some sort of place where they can just they can just basically run the whole rest of the league in a singular place. We heard about Las Vegas and maybe they would just rent out, you know, all of MGM Grand over there, put all the teams in there and, and run games in the various arenas and stuff that they have at MGM. We've heard maybe they could do it at Disney. We've heard whatever, but it seems to it seems like what the NBA wants to do is almost just quarantine the players for the end of the season in the playoffs and um, not have to worry about travel and things like that. To me, I think that's probably a good way of going about it. I just don't know how hard a sell it would be to the players and all of that. But you also, at the same time, you have to think that the players want to get back on the court and get the season going. And if that's the quickest way to do it, and if that's the safest way to do it, then, uh, you know, look, go rent out the MGM Grand. There's there's 20 restaurants in that place. There's <laughs> thousands, there's thousands of rooms. There's multiple places you could build courts where you could have multiple games running at the same time. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure they wouldn't love it. But I, at the same time, if they want to finish out the season, some of these things have to truly, I think, be considered pretty hard. Yeah, I think Vegas is the, is the way to do it. I, I think that's probably the best plan up in the air right now. My question is, if, if, you're, if you're the Cavaliers or the Atlanta Hawks, do you want to finish out the regular season? Do you want to put your players at risk? Because these teams, are they have no chance of making the playoffs anyway. And that, that's kind of what the NHL is discussing right now. It's like, do we want to put these players and teams at risk who have no chance of getting the playoffs anyway? Why, why even finish a regular season? Why not just jump into the playoffs? So, I mean, there are, there are a lot of different things being discussed right now i i think the best way to to go about it for the nba is just get get a team to the winner's circle (laughs) the the the, the, the easiest way possible so we can finish the year and then get ready for next year hopefully with fans back in attendance i think that's i just don't see the need to, to have some of these teams back in action when they can't win it they can't win a championship anyway so let's go to hockey. Like you said, uh, that is one of the things that's thrown out there, right? Is basically just foregoing the rest of the regular season and just heading straight into a massive playoff. I mean, when you read this and this came through your Twitter timeline, what was your first, what was your first instinct? Like what was your first gut reaction to seeing this? 
I like this because it mm-hmm. removes teams like the, the the Red Wings and the Senators who are already out of it. Why why bring them back in when you know they can just start getting ready for next year? Uh, I was I was I was happy with this, and I, I like it better than just the sixteen team playoff because you you now give teams that were on the fringe of the playoffs an opportunity to play their way into a sixteen team playoff. So. I think this is the best proposal uh, for any of the sports that are, you know, trying to resume their seasons that I've seen so far. And I, I hope this is what the NHL decides to do. We will have NASCAR. That's going to be coming back on May the 17th. It looks like Bundesliga soccer is going to be coming back on May the 17th as well. We have golf that will be coming back in June, but that is officially with the PGA tour. What we've seen happen here. Brett is a couple of, um, you know, people just got together and they're going to do it on their own here for golf in May. And, um, you know, I know you're not the biggest fan of these things, but look, for me, I get it. I especially get it in this in the climate and situation that we're in right now. Um, But it looks like we'll have at least a couple of these celebrity matches that are going to be going on in May. Yeah, one plan for the May 17th is going to be uh, the TaylorMade Driving Relief Charity event. Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson versus Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. Uh, there are odds up for this on DraftKings, which, like you said, I, I don't care about. But what I do like about this is, is golfers are looking at these, you know, these charity events, just getting out on the course as a good tester for a potential return to the tour. Uh, just reading through interviews with the play with the the golfers, it seems like most of them are are good with a return as long as players are testing and self policing on the course. So I, I like it from that side of it that players are just getting into the routine of being on the golf course and social distancing and just taking precautions so that we can have a long term PGA tour. Uh, for the rest of the year. So I, I, I definitely like that these guys are getting back on the course in a competitive manner. What do you think about the match version two that is going to go down on Sunday, May the 24th? You guys remember the first one happened between Tiger and Phil out here in Las Vegas over at Shadow Creek, but this is going to happen over in Florida and there's a little bit of a twist with this one. Yeah, we're gonna have Peyton Manning and Tom Brady on the course with them, which is which is which is fun, and I like the I way these guys it. are. They're going out and, and they're you know they're promoting it and they're having fun with it. I I I wasn't excited when this was first announced, but now that I'm seeing Tom and, and Peyton out there talking about getting on the course with Tiger and Mickelson, and I think it's yeah, I, I think it's gonna be fun. I, I you know I I kind of feel this the same way as is the other charity event that's going on next weekend. Like I I don't care about really the competitive aspect of it like who wins but it's gonna be something to watch what do you think the best format should be for this because i think that is what can really up or uh, can either up the ante as far as entertainment value or can make this kind of just ho-hum to me like i'm gonna watch regardless i'm gonna be into it regardless but what format do you think is actually the best for this i'm not sure like i like match play a lot but i I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. I don't know. What do you think? I I think match play is fine, but I want it to be alternating shots so that there's strategy involved. Yeah, like, I kind of like, like that. Like, 
like who who do you want off the tee? Who do you want hitting the approach? Who do you want hitting the first putt? Who do you whatever like and and I, I to me if they have to alternate every other shot, it is just uh, to me it brings like a much much more entertainment value to me. One because sure. like. One, because it's like, okay, are you going to go Tiger and Phil off the tee because you know they're going to go 310 with it? Or are you going to like have the, or do you know for a fact that it's a better strategy to try to just have, you know, Tom and and Peyton go off the tee so that they can hit the approaches? But then that also means that they're going to be hitting the first putts. You know, I don't know. To me, I think if they just alter, if they're forced to alternate every other shot, one, there's going to be high pressure situations. It makes for better trash talking. It makes for whatever. And also it brings in some strategy and some real game theory into this with these guys as well. And so, uh, you know, I don't know for me that, that to me would be the best, would be the best format. Yeah. I like that. And that is also something you, uh, will be able to bet on. I don't see any odds at DraftKings as of right now. I, I saw them at uh Fox bet last week, so I don't know if they, uh, I bet you they're waiting on the format to be announced. You know, I, I bet you, yeah, I be. bet you they're probably waiting on the format to be announced before they would actually throw these lines up. But um, I think that would be the most fun. Do I think that's what they're going to do? I don't know. Probably not. Do they want to see, you know, Peyton Manning shank one off the tee or I, I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, it, so I, I don't know how they're going to go about it, but I think that would be certainly the most interesting. And as we mentioned, the PGA tour expected to be back that second week of June. But we do have live sports this week. It is the UFC, UFC 249 taking, a play, taking place over in Florida. And I was able to sit down with Matt uh, Simo. He is better known on Twitter as Vegas Matty. He does a bunch of proxy work here in Vegas, but um, has done a ton of MMA content in the past. Is still a massive MMA fan and MMA better. So uh, here's my interview with old Vegas Matty. Now joined here on the podcast, you know him as Vegas Matty. I know him as Matt Simo. You can catch him on Twitter at Vegas underscore Matty. You probably are, probably people don't even realize how much you are in to MMA and UFC and everything like that. I mean, everyone thinks of you as as the guy to sign up for the contests here in Las Vegas as the number one proxy service in all of Las Vegas. But man, you are a, a huge, huge fight fan. No, I do love it. You know, I, my, uh, my buddy, Nick Kalikas, he's at fight odds on, on Twitter. And, uh, we built, uh, his, his website, uh, MMAoddsbreaker.com a few years ago. And I was kind of instrumental in helping him build that with the content and everything, writing articles. Um, we had some great content with John Anik, who's, who calls, does the play, you know, play by play now for, for the UFC. Um, just, uh, but this was a few years ago. And as the proxy business grew, I, I kind of had to step away from that, which I, you know, it's really hard because I, I love MMA. I still follow it very closely, but I just didn't have the time to, you know, with the events every every Saturday and us having to do, you know, our, our bulk of our proxy work on Fridays and right. Saturdays. It just didn't give me a lot of time to to, to write too much in advance. So, um, but yeah, I'm still a huge fight fan and I'm really looking forward to this card this weekend. I think you and everyone, as we sit here and, and all of us sports starved fans out here are pretty happy that we do get a live event coming to us uh, this Saturday here. As we look at this card, we figured that Dana White and the UFC was going to load it up and and that is exactly what they've done. And, you know, let's start here on the undercard before we head to the main card here, but you know, even the most casual fans I think are going to recognize some of these names that are fighting 
on the undercard here, guys. I mean, if you are even, if you watched UFC at any point over the last few years, I mean, names like Uriah Hall, Jacare Souza, we are talking Michelle Watterson, Karate Hottie is going to be on there, uh, Fabricio Verdum, former champion, Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis, of course. So all these names, and these are on the undercards here that are going to be right. free on ESPN. So, I mean, it is, it is absolutely loaded, but starting with that, that undercard there, is there any fight that really kind of jumps off the the page at you? I mean, I imagine you're going to say Cerrone and Pettis. Yeah, I mean, that one is the one where he, you're going to expect the most fireworks. And, you know, I think Pettis is in better form. I mean, Cerrone's just about a, you know, couple knockouts away from uh, retiring for good, I think. I mean, he, you know, he wants to fight as much as possible. I think he just loves, you know, loves being in the octagon. But, you know, Pettis, I think still, you know, is fairly serious about trying to make a, a some kind of a title run. I mean, I, I think his, his best days are definitely behind him as well, but, you know, I think that's one of those where these are a couple all timers going at it. And, you know, to have that as the featured bout in the prelims is, is pretty awesome. But I mean, Pettis is a, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, a solid uh, favorite there. I think you're looking at like minus 140, minus 145 at most sports books here in Las Vegas. And, you know, I think uh, that's probably the way to go on that fight. I mean, if you want to look at finish, you know, um, you know, one of these guys is probably going to knock out the other most likely. I mean, if it goes three rounds, you're going to have a, uh, a fight of the night, uh, performance bonus on the line probably because those two guys are just going to, you know, beat the crap off each other. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't really have, uh, any kind of strong play on that. I think it'll, it'll just be, you know, fun, fun to watch that one. And I think in, in Vegas in particular, now that you're, what you're seeing with this card, you know, basically being the only live sports going on, the, the biggest sports events we've seen since everything's happened the last couple months is that uh, the books are putting out numerous props and stuff on, on these fights. I mean, before in, in years past or cards past, even, you know, you didn't have, you know, many books putting round props out there, um, you know, putting a method of victory props, which I really like to bet. And we'll get more into that later, but I mean, to be able to, you know, the offshores have had those for years and to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to take Pettis by knockout, you know, rather than just taking a straight money line. That's, that's where I think uh, this card is very, very interesting, you know, just with the number of options available. One of the other ex, uh, extremely, uh, for, at least for me, uh, one of the fights that I'm extremely looking forward to here, Uriah Hall and Jacare Souza. We're talking about guys that, uh, you know, at one point in the very, very top of the division, Jacare kind of maybe one foot out the door here, but Uriah Hall, I think, like you just mentioned, you know, uh, uh, when you were talking about Anthony Pettis, I think Uriah Hall still has it in his mind that he could make a run in the division there. Um, kind of how do you see this fight? Uh, going down. I mean, we are looking here at, you know, a we're looking at the odds in this one and you kind of say like, all right, well, you know, Uriah Hall yeah, is actually a slight really. dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the funny thing with, with Uriah Hall is he, he came on the scene kind of late, you know, um, in the UFC, people, most people know him from the Ultimate Fighter, but I mean, when he was, it got to the UFC finally, he was, you know, he was in his late 20s, really. I mean, he's he's 35 years old. You know, he's not a uh, spring chicken by any means, you know, um, but yeah, he, he came in, you know, he had uh, um, some great fights early on, but he was kind of seen as really a top prospect. And then he, he disappointed a little bit. Um, you know, he lost to Gastelum in the by split decision in the ultimate fighter finale. And then he, you know, he lost to John Howard in his, in his next fight and then went five and one in his next six. Um, so 
he's he's won two in a row, and I think uh, you know he's again he still has kind of eyes on hey I, maybe I can make a run here. Or Jackeray is kind of you know towards the end of his career, but you know at the same time this is another potentially explosive fight where you might want to take one of these guys by by knockout or by finish you know one way or the other because you know it's it's going to be it's going to be another exciting fight. I don't think you're going to see a snooze fest there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on both of these fights. I, I lean towards the under in both of the the Hall Souza and the the Cowboy Pettis fights. One, when we see these guys like Jacare, who we know probably coming to the end of their career, maybe even kind of one foot out the door type scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, what does he have to lose essentially, right? Like, what does he have to right. lose and go in there and grind out a boring, you know, a boring decision? And then, and then we know Cowboy is always just kind of uh, balls to the wall whenever he's in there every single time he's lost three in a row what's four in a row to him I think um, as long as he can get some right, sort right. of you know as long as he can get some sort of bonus or something along the way as well so I, I'm with you I, I do agree um, that there's uh, definitely some under potential in both of those are there any other cards on the, the is there any other fight on the undercard that uh, sticks out to you that maybe you have a play on or you want to move to the main card um, yeah, I didn't really play anything on, on the, uh, prelims. I mean, I think, uh, that probably that your best bet is going to be on, uh, Fabricio Verdum. Um, you gotta lay some, uh, some chalk there. I mean, he's over minus 300, but I think if maybe you put him in a parlay or something like that, or if you want to take him by knockout, uh, or, or submission, that might be, you know, those are two different other options that you could go for, but I think he's probably the, the best bet on on the prelims you know that Carlos Spars is very interesting as well um against uh Michelle Watterson you mentioned that fight earlier I think if you look at that that total of two and a half rounds compared to anyone else on the card the over on that is minus 500 and anybody who follows women's MMA you know I would I, I'd venture to say close to 90 percent go to right. go the distance in these fights so that's why you're seeing such a a high um, number there. I mean, I think it's that, that one's definitely going to go to decision. I think Watterson will, you know, battle tough. I mean, it, it could be a decision, a split decision for Asparza. And I think, you know, Watterson might be worth a shot, you know, a small wager just because, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, a little, little bit there, like plus 125, plus 130, something like that. So um, that's, uh, she might be worth a shot, but then, you know, Asparza is such a tough, uh, you know, she's a very good wrestler and everything. And I think if she, you know, kind of is going to likely, most likely grind out a decision win. So it just, it depends. That one's going to go to the judges. You just have to kind of hope that the coin flip goes your way. <laughs> so we'll break, we'll definitely talk about the the two title fights here. But of the other three fights, Greg Hardy's going to be in action. We know Jeremy Stevens yep. for the old school guys out there. Jeremy Stevens been around a long time. He's going to be in action. Francis and Francis and Ganu going to be on. In, is there any uh, bets you have on your card in any of those three fights? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want to mention first of all, Jeremy Stevens missed weight this morning by four and a half pounds. So uh, it's going to be interesting. By you know the time this goes off, uh, you know is he going to still be on the card? Is he going to, you know, they still going to keep him on there? I mean, I, I think he was a dog. I was kind of looking at a little bit, but once a guy misses weight like that, I mean, mentally, um, you, you know, you don't know what kind of position he's going to be in. He's, he's a plus two twenty underdog, but I'm going to stay away from him right now after that scenario happened this morning. Um, Jerzino Rosenstrike is the guy that I'm uh, really looking to bet. I mean, you know, he's going against Francis Nagano, big heavyweight matchup, big heavy hitters in that, in that, uh, matchup. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a crazy, you know, 
just all out brawl where I don't even know if these guys are going to last a minute in the octagon together. Right. So uh, I think when you looked at, at the betting line in particular, the reason I like Rosenstrike here, I mean, he's, he still hasn't lost. Um, he's 10 and 0. He's 4 0 in the UFC. He's got nine knockouts, seven in the first round. And you can find him as high as plus 240 at the South Point. So I, I took a shot on him a few places. I also like, um, you know, because of that knockout ratio, I, the uh, Circus Sports has him at plus 420 to win by knockout. Wow. Uh, EKO or disqualification. So I, I definitely took a shot on that one as well. That's the best line out there. And I think the number one thing to get across here is all these books are doing all out to provide the most options possible. You've got to shop around for the best lines. I mean, you know, I saw plus 350 on that same prop at a bunch of books and to get plus 420, you know, you're talking a, a huge jump in value there, you know, no, um, absolutely. and I'm not, uh, yeah, with Naganu, I mean, he's he's definitely improved, and a lot of people are, you know, making arguments that he's hungrier than when he fought Derek Lewis um, and lost that unanimous decision at UFC 226. I was at that fight. It was like one of the most listless performance I've ever seen for a guy who was supposed to be the most dangerous man on the planet. Um, now he's gone three and zero with three first round knockouts since then. And like I said, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's you know he wants that you know title rematch with Stipe and everything like that. I mean, you just don't know, uh, especially with, with no fans being there and the, the whole right. um, uh, kind of uh, atmosphere, it's going to be a lot different. And that's why I think you really got to look hard at the underdogs here. There's not going to be a lot of that adrenaline rush that you get, like going into the octagon for the fighters, especially for the favorites. I mean, I think that works more, that has worked more in their favor when they're like the heavily hyped guy and they get in there and they hear the fans and they step in the octagon. It's like that huge adrenaline rush. And I think, you know, without that, you know, the underdogs are going to have a, a, a kind of a, a more level kind of um, feeling going in, in there. I mean, they're going to say, Hey, you know, why not me? Why can't I go in there? There's going to be, you know, millions and millions of people watching at home. And, you know, Rosenstrike's one of those guys, he's guaranteed a knockout. I, that scares me a little bit and, you know, and maybe he'll lose. I mean, there's a shot that he could get knocked out. I mean, I think he could get, you know, close to even money on Nagano to, to win by knockout. But one of these guys is going to knock out the other. Right. So you could take a shot on both of them knocking it with knockout. And, you know, if Nagano wins, you know, um, you're going to get your, your money back. Basically, if Rosenstrike wins, you're going to, you know, make some decent money. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the way I look at, you know, some of these card, these uh, main card fights is because there's a lot of knockout potential. And if you take a shot with the underdog, you know, you, you're going to get a shot to, you know, you hit maybe one out of three, you can make your money back at least, you know, or, or the object is of course to make a nice profit here. Yeah. But, you know, if you end up having a winning record on, on betting some of these underdogs, you're going to you're going to make a nice profit. Absolutely. One of the names on the card here people will be familiar with if they are kind of old school is Dominic Cruz. Now, if you've just come into the game here in the last three years, maybe Dominic Cruz, you're like, you mean the announcer guy? Yeah, no, Dominic Cruz is <laughs> it was one of the very best fighters in all the world. He has not fought since December of 2016. So I could understand if you've only come in lately, why you only think of Dominic Cruz as an announcer, he's going to be fighting Henry Cejudo, who actually has not lost since December of 2016 here. Matty, really what it comes down here to, to me, is you look at Dominic Cruz, and you and I know and, and remember the dominant Dominic Cruz, and one of the guys with one of the most awkward styles you'll ever see in all of MMA. Nobody could figure him out. That's why he kept winning, because everyone couldn't figure out what was going on with him, but 
Here we are three years removed from having fought another surgery in the books. Of course, that's three years of age on his body as well. And we see him sitting here as, you know, about plus 170, plus 175, something like that in this fight here. And I know there's probably a lot of people are looking and saying, like, what do you mean nearly two to one on Dominic Cruz? But I think there's just so many. I think there's just so many unknowns. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think John Anik put it best. I saw him uh, uh, put something out on Twitter that he said uh, that this is going to be the first time he's actually going to be able to call uh, a Dominic Cruz fight. I mean, you look at Anik's history as a, as a play-by-play guy. And uh, that, that just goes to show he's, he's worked with him on, uh, you know, the broadcast and everything. He's been his broadcast partners on, on many of these events. And this is the first time he's, he's really good friends with him. And he's actually going to be calling his fight for the first time. That goes to show just kind of how long Dominic's been around. And I, I do think that, you know, you can get Dom at uh, plus 210 at the Westgate, actually, oh, wow. right now. I think that's the best line out there. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's uh, I actually just dropped the plus 200. So you, that's the only place I think you can still get plus 200 on him. But I took a shot on pl- at plus 200. I mean, it's plus 185, plus 190, some other places. I mean, again, I mean, this is this is an all-timer you're talking about here. One of the one of the goats, you know, the greatest of all time at, at you know his his weight class, and you know you, you can make an argument he's one of the best fighters in the UFC ever. And uh, you know we've seen him do this before, as far as you know having, having a long layoff. He's won twice under that uh, scenario. Yes, he got his ass kicked by Cody Bart Garbrandt. He lost a decision in his last fight. It's been more than three years since he lost that fight. But you know what? I mean, this this is like like I said, one of the best fighters of all time. And uh, to take a shot on him against Cejudo, you know, I mean, he's got nothing to lose in this right. fight. You know, I could see I could see Dominic, you know, maybe uh, you know pulling off a split decision like he did against PJ Dillashaw a couple of years, a few years ago, more than a couple of years ago, a few years ago. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that was one of those performances where he said, Hey, look, you know, Dominic still has it. He's still a champion at heart. And he went out there and, you know, he, you know, if he upsets Cejudo, he, I, I can't, I can see him just, you know, retiring and, you know, heading off into the sunset, you know, Cejudo is still going to be there for a long time, you know? So, and again, I think, you know, the factors of, of, you know, how, what is it going to be like, you know, without the fans there, maybe Dom would feed more off that, but he's still, he's still an underdog. And I think he's, he's, you know, got that, you know, mentality where why not me? I, I'm going to go out there and not necessarily shock the world, but pull off the upset in the situation. I'm with you. I took a, I took a small play on, on Dominic as well. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, right? I'm just, uh, I am assuming that he is healthy and that we are going to get yeah. at least a, you know, at least a 90% version of what we used to know as Dominic Cruz and a guy that went in there and just dominated nearly every single opponent that he fought. And if that's the case, then, uh, you know, at two to one, give me one of the dudes that literally had he not been derailed by injury so many times throughout the course of his year of his career. Like you said, I mean, definitely still one of the greatest of all times, but I honestly believe that he would be right there in that conversation with the John Joneses and the Anderson Silva's and whatever of the world of maybe this guy was the greatest fighter of our time. He just, you know, his body just betrayed him so many times is what it came down to. Well, yeah. And, and, uh, talent aside, I mean, I, I think you could, easily make the case that he's the smartest, most technically sound fighter of all time. You and know? he's I mean, getting he's, paid yeah. for the last three years. He's gotten paid to review tape and review fighters and whatever, exactly. you know, and that's, that's yeah, his job yeah, exactly. for the last three years. He does homework for his job <laughs> and he knows everything about every opponent in his division and everywhere else. And yeah, I mean, he's just a very cerebral fighter and that's where I would have a hard time 
you know, I mean, yes, Cejudo is a, a better fighter at this time of his career and he's in his prime and he's the champion. But I mean, you know, you can't count out Cruz. And I just want to root for the guy. That's the thing too. I mean, I think uh, most fight fans are going to go into that. I mean, you know, unless they have a huge bet on Cejudo, they're going to want to see Cruz win. I mean, why wouldn't you want to see Dominic Cruz, like, you know, just have that one more, you know, title shot and, and come through. And it just, it would be such a great story, especially, you know, with everything going on right now, it's like, I think that would be the story of this card was if, is if he can pull off the upset. And finally, the main event is, listen, if we have to get a main event of this fight card of, of one that we didn't really want because we were certainly wanted Ferguson and Khabib, but if we are getting now Ferguson Gaethje, this is a pretty damn good replacement fight here. Uh, Gaethje, if you've never seen him fight, guys, again, if you are kind of tipping, dipping your toe in again because you're so sports starved, uh, one of the more exciting guys you're ever going to watch step into Absolutely, the cage here. Yeah. And I, you know, very, very much looking forward to this fight. Now you do have Tony Ferguson here, you know, about a two to one, about a two to one favorite, um, especially at the books over on the East coast seems to be drawing a lot of the action over there. Minus one ninety at FanDuel, up full on minus 200 over at DraftKings over on the East coast here. And I mean, listen, it's very hard to whenever you look at Tony Ferguson and say like as good as Gaethje is and as dangerous as Gaethje is, I, mean, I, I get why the odds are where they're at because Ferguson's just been yeah. that dominant. No, Ferguson's basically been a champion the last few years. I mean, you know, yeah, he hasn't fought Khabib, but I mean, they tried to make that fight how many times now? And, you know, <laughs> again, it falls through. I don't think it's, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen uh, ever, you know, the way things, I mean, it took a pandemic net to, to like take it down this time. It's just like, it's funny in one sense, but I feel for Tony. And I think it's just my, my only concern with him really in that fight. And I think it's a major concern is just like that, that potential letdown for not, he wants to fight right. Khabib so, so much. And he, he hates the guy, whether he says it, you know, I hit a funny quote, I, I think the other day where he said he has nothing against him. He just hates him <laughs> or whatever. It's like, okay. But I mean, that, that same, like, you know, bad blood, I don't think is going to be evident here. I mean, he's going into this fight. He's probably assuming he's going to win and he'll be able to fight Khabib later this year or whatever. But I mean, Gates, she is just strikes me as a live dog. I mean, I followed him back in the world series of fighting and the guy's just a killer. I mean, he's, you know, he was so exciting to watch. He had, you know, not a lot of competition there, but I mean, since he's been in the UFC, you know, he's had his moments where he, he gets in there and, uh, you know, he can, uh, you know, he can knock out the, the best of them. His power is, is legit. Um, and we've uh, seen you know, Tony get dropped fight. on multiple occasions yeah. as well. Yeah. So. He's had a, he's uh Gates on a three fight winning streak. I will tell you, yeah, Ferguson's fight against uh, Pettis. Um, I thought before that fight was called and I had a bet on Ferguson in that fight. And, and um, this was what, a couple years ago, I think already, because Ferguson's had a lot of time off too here and there. I mean, he beats Cerrone. Um, last June, but yeah, yeah, October 6th, 2018 at UFC 229. And that's when, you know, Khabib uh, beat McGregor on that same card. There was a TKO corner stoppage in that, you know, in, in his favor at the end of the second round. And, uh, but that was a, that those guys were just throwing at each other like crazy. And Pettis had a real shot to win that fight. I think he, you know, he, he kind of stunned um, Tony Ferguson a few times. And like, I was worried I was going to lose the fight until, you know, uh, Pettis, they just mm -hmm. thought it was too much. And um, yeah, it was, he was in a bad position where he could have been injured. 
So, but those guys were just throwing haymakers at each other. And it was like, it was a very violent fight, a very entertaining fight, but Ferguson kind of showed a little vulnerability in that fight that I've seen like really for the first time, um, you know, in the last few years. Um, and, and I think, you know, Gates, she's another guy, you know, like Pettis who could go in there and just, you know, has, he doesn't care. He's just going to go in there. This is, this is his chance to win a title too. I mean, he's a former champion in the world series of fighting. He was unbelievable. Like I said, in that promotion, and this is his title shot. I mean, he, he can mess everything up. He can prevent that, uh, Ferguson, um, and Khabib fight from happening. Maybe, uh, you know, there were, there were rumors that Gates, was going to fight Connor and, and maybe he ends up fighting, you know, um, Khabib next and then Connor gets pushed to the wayside again you just never know but I mean it's definitely a shot you know you got uh, Gaethje is is coming in you know now at uh, it looks like um, plus 170 plus 165 I'm looking at the, the old Don Best odd screen right now yeah. I think you can get him at plus 165 at Circa and at Caesars right now um, but again, the, the props, you got to look at those plus 200 by knockout at the William Hill. I think I saw that was the best line I saw on that, uh, this, that uh, method of victory. Um, so if you could take a shot on him, you know, to win by knockout, I mean, you could take Ferguson the same way. I mean, I think it's going to be, I mean, you're looking at a five rounder there, but I, I would be very surprised if, if this fight goes, goes five rounds. You and me total, both, my friend. Uh, I, I have the under like, in this uh, one as well. I have the under in this under, one. Yeah, you're under, under minus 140 at, at uh, two and a half. So, I mean, you know, whereas if you compare this with Cruz Cejudo, the over four and a half is like minus 190, minus 200. And th- this fight between Gaethje and Ferguson, the over two and a half is like plus 120 and it's minus 140 on the under and, and still a five round fight. So, yeah, I mean, that that just kind of goes to show, you know, the the you know, different mentality, you know, between the strategy of a, of a cruise against Cejudo where, you know, that one's likely going to go the distance. And then you got Gaethje and Ferguson who are just going to, you know, tee off on each other and, you know, whoever survives, you know, that that's the way I'm looking at this card with, there's a lot of knockout potential on here. So why not take a shot on some of these dogs? If you hit one or two of them, you're going to end up doing okay. And that's, that's kind of where my, my, uh, betting strategy, you know, took place with this with, with, uh, Rosenstrike. And then, you know, I did take a shot on Cruz and yep. then, you know, I did bet a little bit on Gaethje to win by knockout. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but that's, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm looking. And then you got the, the totals, you know, you could bet the over under on the rounds and, you know, there's just so many different things you can bet on in this fight. And in Vegas, we have never seen anything like this. I mean, they're even offering live betting. Um, I think at some places on this card. So, I mean, the offshores have had this stuff for years, but to be able to see it in Vegas on our mobile accounts and be able to sit there and I just cannot wait for this, this uh, event to go off. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before we let you get out of here, uh, tell people about your day job. I mean, we are all, you know, the NFL schedule did get released. We are all hopeful that everything is going to go down. I mean, even if it doesn't go down exactly on time, that we will actually have an NFL season this year. And, you know, guys, you've heard about the Super Contest before. You've heard about the Circa Million that debuted last year. We talked about that, you know, tons here on this podcast and and certainly on thelines.com as well. If you live out of state, there is a way that you you can still play these contests. You will have to make a trip to Vegas one time, but all you got to do is sign up with a guy like my man, Matty here. And, uh, and you can actually enter these contests. Yeah, I appreciate that. So contest signups have been underway. I mean, they started back in as, as way back as January for the uh, Westgate super contest. 
uh, that those are kind of on hiatus uh, the last couple months. But, um, you know, things are going to be up and running, I think, again, here in, in June, you know, where, you know, books are going to be uh, specifically like Circus Sports is already taking like drive up um, signups for their mobile app and for the contest. So, you know, if you if you get to Vegas now and you wanted to sign up for the Circus Sports Million or they have a, a new Circus Survivor Contest, which is really cool. It's like your, you know, Survivor Contest that you've had, you know, at home, maybe with your buddies, but on a much larger scale for a thousand dollars an entry. You can enter that up to five times. If you want to sign up for either of those contests at Circus Sports, um, you know, the Golden Gate is having, like I said, the drive up uh, sign ups for the football contest right now. And all we'd have to do is, is go down there with you and, uh, you know, meet up with you and we can make that happen right now. Um, the super contest, we're still waiting to kind of see when they're going to open back up. But um, yeah, I mean, I would anticipate, I mean, normally the signups are July and August. So, I mean, that's from that perspective, I don't, as long as the books are up and running and, you know, you can get to Vegas and you feel good about it, you know, coming out here and supporting all the businesses out here. I mean, we, you know, um, we really kind of would like to promote that and, you know, um, visiting these, these books and the casinos and helping them get back on track a little bit, but you get into these contests, like, you know, you said, Matt, you just get here one time, sign up some guys flying in and out the same day. <laughs> they, they get to these couple couple casinos, sign up. The Golden Nuggets got a, a college and pro football contest called the Ultimate Football Challenge. You can find out information on all these contests at our website, footballcontest.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Football Contest. And um, yeah, you know, all you got to do, reach out to us via email. Let us know when you're coming out here. You can prepay your proxy fee so you don't have to worry about bringing cash and all that. Uh, for that, I mean, a lot of these, uh, all the contests take credit cards, you know, so you can take care of the entry fee without having to bring it, like I said, a bunch of cash to town. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're here for you. If you want to take your mind off things, it's real exciting to see an NFL schedule posted with, with real dates and, you know, hopefully some real fans. I, I've got uh, season tickets for the Raiders. So I'm really hoping we can get to that that home opener against the Saints on Monday night in week two. I'm really, really psyched for NFL season. So this is kind of the UFC is kind of opening things up. I think NASCAR is going to have their first event next week and uh, live event and no virtual racing anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, the football season is, is really exciting and, you know, can't wait to just get back to normal here. And I'm sure everywhere else, everyone feels the same way. You and me both, my friend. Again, Matt Simo at Vegas underscore Matty on Twitter. Stay safe out there, buddy. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks to Matt for taking the time to chat UFC 249. You can tell he's excited, Brad. Of course, I'm excited. One, I'm an MMA fan as it is anyway, but two, just to have live sports on television on Saturday is pretty amazing to me and then even you who has admitted several times even on this podcast that you would be considered the most casual of casual combat sports fans even you are getting into UFC 249 I am and yeah like I said I'm not an MMA guy I've I've watched a couple McGregor fights but UFC is not on my regular viewing schedule uh I I don't know if I'm going to pay to watch this weekend. I'm certainly going to be, I'm going to be paying attention though, because there are just, it's fun to get back into the live sweats. I'm a, I'm a gambler. I like to bet on sports. I like to play DFS. I will absolutely be making DFS lineups and following the action. Even if I'm not watching in real time, uh, because it's, it's going to be fun just to have that part 
of, of our lives back watching right. live sports and having a live sweat which we you know us, unless you're playing kbo or you know esports <laughs> or some of these other you know ping pong i i have not been doing that so the, just just having that part of my life back will be will be fun uh on Saturday. So I'm, I'm excited. I have made some DraftKings DFS lineups, even though I have absolutely no idea who any of these guys are. Take my money on Saturday on DraftKings. If, 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 if you, if you want it, I love it. Uh, also sat down with RJ Clifford. He is the host over on, uh, he's a host of MMA today tonight on over on uh, fight nation on Sirius XM. Uh, there's a video up on the lines.com right now. So go and check that out. If you want another opinion on how uh, some of these guys that are really into the sport, think that this is all going to play out for UFC 249. RJ former fighter himself. So has a real good understanding of everything there. So be sure and take a look at that video. Now let's uh, let's close things out. And Brett, I was going to do a big to do here, and I'm just I'm not going to do it. I don't want to sit and completely just rail on people left and right and all of that. But there was an article and a video posted over at Sports Illustrated, and basically trying to paint the picture of this doomsday scenario where sports books, if you know, if for whatever reason there wasn't an NFL season that sports books would just completely close down and there wouldn't be sports betting and they wouldn't be able to operate and yada, 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 and all this. And like, it is just, that is, it's just the biggest crock of crap. Like I've, I've seen. And when it comes to all this, I mean, listen, I understand you, people are trying to get clicks these days and it, there's not a lot to talk about in the sports betting world. There's not a lot to a, a lot to write about, but if there was no NFL season, yeah, there might be some layoffs and yeah, sports books might have some extended closures just for a little while until sports got back going and all of that. But to think that it would be the end of the sports betting industry, to think that it would put sports betting out of business is just such a crazy, crazy take to me. Yeah, those were words that were actually said in that video that this is this could be the end of sports betting as we know it. It's just it's. It's clickbait, fear-mongering nonsense. Like, if the point was to get people riled up and talking about it, congrats, you win. Here we are talking about it. Exactly. But, Here we are. Like, the, the, the talk about, you know, the new threat emerging in the form of, I mean, people, people withdrawing their accounts and closing accounts. Well, no shit. Yeah. There are no right. sports going on right now. Right. We're in the middle right. of a pandemic, so people want cash on hand. And yeah, if sports never return again, sports betting is going to die. This is common sense. We know these things. You don't have to talk about it in in a video. We don't have to write about these things. We know these things. So, yeah, we you know we're seeing stuff like that. And like you said, we're we're short on things to talk about in the sports world. People want to keep their jobs. They want to write about things that are getting clicks. But this this one was a this one was over the top. Yeah, just completely. And guy, and the reason we wanted to bring it up here is I just didn't want anybody out there to take any sort of uh, take anything from that, 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 that that's anything that could possibly happen like whatsoever. The only way that this could be the death of the sports betting industry is, as Brett mentioned, if if we don't ever have sports ever again, you know, and if that were the case, then yes, sports betting is going away and we will never have sports again, but we'll never sports betting again. But if if there is no NFL season this year, would it suck? Yes. Well, yes, it will suck, Brett. It will definitely suck if there's no NFL this year and, and it will suck for a lot of sports books and especially a lot of these states that are opening things up and whatnot. But that does not mean it is the end of sports betting. We will have football again. We will have NFL again. We will have basketball and baseball and everything like that. And so there will be things to gamble on 
one season of one sport is not going to dictate the future of an entire industry. Right. The, the one question we do have is, you know, when when sports do return, will betters come back at the same level? And we've been talking about this uh, since this all started, like with every sport potentially running into each other in the fall. I expect betters to come back with a vengeance so long as the economy isn't in a really bad shape by then, which means, you know, if, if, if the economy is OK, we're going to see accounts betting up betting sports betting accounts replenished markets are going to start to normalize like everything else in the world. So I'm not worried about it. I think these doomsday scenarios are are out of control right now. Yes. We know what the worst case scenario is, but it's just so unlikely that it's just, I I haven't even taken my mind there because I don't think it's going to happen. No, absolutely. So just, you know, guys just know what you're reading when you're reading these things. Times are tough. Clicks are hard to come by people trying to get them anyway that they can possibly get them. So just know that whenever you're reading these things and reading these headlines, guys, as always, everything that we talk about, you can find over at the lines, as we mentioned, uh, video up about the MVP for the NFL. If you want to get in early on that and try to catch some of these lines before they start to move, uh, we have everything you can want about the uh about ufc 249 up there as well. And again, we really do appreciate you guys subscribe, rating and reviewing. We're on all the major podcast platforms and, you know, helps us climb the charts there. And the more that we listen to you guys, hey, delivered to you every single time we record one of these things, it's easier on you to find. And and we appreciate you guys listening as well. We have live sports on Saturday, Brett. I cannot wait. I am going to make sure that you buy this damn pay-per-view. I'm, 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 I'm going to stake your, I'm going to stake 25% of your pay-per-view just so that you can make sure that you buy the damn thing. Well, before we get out of here, tell, tell the people about the William Hill, uh, promotion that you got to be a part of there that's true if you're if you're in vegas if you're listening to this and you're well i shouldn't say vegas nevada if you're in nevada and you're listening to this william hill is doing a deal which by the way i can't even believe i saw a promo happen (laughs) in nevada and i almost fainted but if you bet 249 dollars on ufc 249 you get it haha 249 249 if you bet 249 dollars on ufc 249 on Tuesday of next week, they will credit your account with $65, which is the cost of the pay-per-view. So literally, you get to free roll the cost of the pay-per-view as long as you're going to bet $250 on the event as it is anyway, which look, I was as it was anyway. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who were going to do that as it is. So you can free roll the damn cost of the event. And I saw this come through my timeline, Brett. I shed a single tear in joy that there is actual, it was an actual promo happening in Nevada. And listen, this might be the first of many, because as we just mentioned, times are tough. Times are yeah. tough for the sports books as well. They're going to want customers, try to reactivate customers. And uh, seeing something like this, it was a very welcome thing for me. And hopefully the beginning of a lot of stuff here in Nevada, we know what you get over in Jersey. We know what you're going to get in Colorado and Tennessee and Illinois and all these states. We know what you're going to get in all those states and Pennsylvania and whatnot. But uh, Nevada's few and far between. That's a great promo. I, I I was really happy to see that they did that. So I'm happy for you. Um, I for me, I don't I don't see myself buying the package unless I 
I wake up tomorrow morning and I'm just ready to, to like blast on these DFS contests. That's the only way I see myself paying to, to watch these fights. But I will be following it for sure either way. And we should mention huge, huge, huge A DFS contest. Million dollar prize pool. Yeah. Massive. Million dollar prize pool for MMA. Just so you know, like, I mean, that's unheard of. So million dollar prize pool over at DraftKings for for MMA. So, uh, yeah, six figures going to be paid out to first place in that one for, for an MMA event. So be sure and at least fire once or twice. I mean, come on. You want the sweat. We know that. You yeah, know. All, the, all the details on that at thelines.com. We've got a, we'll have a picks article up at playpicks.com as well. So, um, and like you said, you've got video with um, a former fighter who can obviously offer some insight that people might not be able to get anywhere else. So a lot of good stuff on UFC uh, at the lines from people uh, who actually know what they're talking about, unlike me. <laughs> be sure and follow us on Twitter, guys, at PlaypixUS, at the Lines US, at Brett Colson, at Matt Brown M2. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.